I said to Putin, I knew you were bluffing on that full house. Now either peel off that thong or send in those troops. It's pretty cold in there, and I'm pretty sure he was feeling shy in front of Merkel. So, oh crap, we're recording. Hey, it's the news where the CIA files people. And didn't know you were there. I'm Topher. That's Brandon. There's Brandon. Oh, yeah, I'm here. There were too many headlines this week. I'm just going to say that. It's too <laughs> much information. Holy Moses. Uh, where to start? Where to start? How about, I'm gonna, how about go accidents? Start. Let's start with accidents. You know, it's odd you should say that because there was an accident at my house this weekend. Uh, the wind was pretty strong and it blew over an old pine tree and it clipped the corner of our house about five feet away from where we were sleeping. Oh, uh, that was scary. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was either an accident or, uh, someone is trying to silence the truth. That's what <laughs> I think. What other accidents were there? Uh, India accidentally fired a missile into Pakistan. Whoopsie. (laughs) (laughs) Pakistan is asking for a joint investigation to be done. It was like, we we, we totally, it was totally a mistake. Um, We're glad it didn't hit anything. (laughs) Like, you should really be careful about that because, you know, that could lead to uh, even worse accidents. Yeah, uh, we accidentally blew up your consulate. Accidentally, and there was a consulate under construction in Iraq, in northern Iraq, the Herbal, and not so accidentally, it has been hit with, with missiles. Yes, that one uh, was not an accident. I tried to think of something funny there to say. Uh, they got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and Herbal, I, uh, I knew a guy that was um, a school principal there, uh, like at one of the international schools during, they had kind of a little um, golden period for a bit. And he said, yeah, it was, it was a pretty nice city. But, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of getting a little bit, be a little bit of a rougher neighborhood, but I imagine we're going to see more stuff like this. Iran's going to going to prod uh, partially. See what they can. Yeah. See what they can get away with. Yeah, because the the world's distracted, but also it's a negotiating tactic because they're kind of renegotiating this whole not having weapons or you know not researching uh, nuclear. Uh, weapons and so like oh we'll just throw a few missiles out you know that that always that always kind of makes it easier to sit at the negotiating table yeah it reminds me the last time i was trying to get a raise from my boss and before i asked him for a raise i slapped him right in the mouth (laughs) and i did not get the raise and unrelated I am looking for a job. <laughs> oh, uh, no. You get to you experience know. more opportunities. Yes. <laughs> I'm now open to more opportunities for, for growth. I have, yes, I have lots of opportunity to, to grow and to slap more bosses in the mouth. Um, well, I, mean, yeah. I, think, I think the party line, though, is that there's no evidence they were targeting the consulate building, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, according to AP News, this actually just came out uh, early this morning, Sunday. Um, they said the U.S. defense official said it was still uncertain exactly how many missiles were fired and exactly where they landed. A second U.S. official said there was no damage at any U.S. government facility and that there was no any indication. I'm sorry, there was no indication that the target was the consulate building, which is new and currently unoccupied. So, um, 
See, maybe they're is, just trying to save face, you know, downplay. I don't know. Well, I will use it as a lesson to not just read headlines, but read the article. Right. <laughs> so right. you gotta get, gotta read the article to get the full details. Yes. What else is going on? There's some um, things in, in Russia still. Yeah, oh, this wait, whole... What about Ethiopia? Something's happening in Ethiopia, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, they have that uh, civil war that's been going on, but there, there's an update. You, uh, uh, Quick pause as I open the browser in private because Reuters says I've reached my limit of free articles. There it is. <laughs> uh, this is from March... 7th, which was about a week ago, but I don't think much has changed. Uh, UN rights chief says airstrikes have killed hundreds since November in Ethiopia. So, all right. Yeah, so we got the uh, air attacks done by the Ethiopian Air Force, and uh, but the, the government's denying that they're targeting civilians. Um, right. Which, I mean, might or might not be true. It's just, it, it can be kind of hard when you're, you know. Bombing bomb. someone indiscriminately. <laughs> right. Right. Well, even We're when not. you're doing it um, discriminately or not <laughs> indiscriminately, like, you know, if you're, you know, it's like, okay, there's that, you know, the weapons factory. Okay. We're going to launch, you know, drop a bomb right there. Woo. Oh, the wind drifted over to that elementary school right next door. You know, there's, you know, so that sort of thing can happen. I mean, even with smart bombs, we have the issue where, you know, it blows a building up, but there's. Right. It's still a bomb. Even. It yeah, can only be yeah. so smart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, once the explosion is unleashed, it's unleashed. Uh, right. And I don't know if uh, the Ethiopian government has gotten a hold of Raytheon's knife missiles yet. So, yeah, that's that's probably not in the budget. Yeah. And it takes so many of those. You'd have to sit, like launch 300 individual knife missiles to kill the people. Yeah. So, yeah, the UN uh, human rights chief, M- Michelle Bachelet, uh, saying that over 300 deaths of civilians and close to 400 people injured uh, in attacks apparently carried out by the Ethiopian Air Force in the Tigray and Afar regions. And so how long, how long has this conflict been going on? Uh, almost a year. Was it like six? Something like sixteen to eighteen months or something. Oh, so like it, a it year and a half or so. A few months ago, it was looking like the rebels were going to win, but yeah, they've been they've been stopped, and now the the empire strikes back. Um, yeah, but so, I mean, the Tigrayans they're accused of um, like using rape as a weapon of war, and so I, you know, I don't know. You know, it's like, who are the good guys and all this? But at the same time, I mean, this is where it's like, oh, man, sometimes you wish you could have this sort of like UN with a little bit of, you know, policing power. But, you know, that's also, uh, you know, you don't want to let that genie out of the bottle either because who's going to control it? Right. You know, and this kind of goes into saying, too, you know, like we got that war in, in Ukraine and. We're all concerned about the refugees, and there there are other wars, and Russia's going to play up on that propaganda. You are we are going to keep hearing about Ethiopia and Yemen, and those things are horrible, and we should be doing things about them. Um, but yeah, the, the the Russian propaganda machine is going to amp it up to like see how hypocritical everyone is and it's like well two wrongs doesn't make a right you know right the whataboutism (laughs) it's it's a low-hanging fruit you know but it's so effective it is powerfully effective on people yeah all right well so where are we at with this invasion what's uh what's the deal 
uh, well, slowly but surely, the 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 Russians are taking the south. Um, they're uh, inching a little closer into Kiev, and um, they're trying to do some sort of um, uh, election, like a referendum. They're they're installing collaborist mayors. And, right. That yeah. was the one story of the mayor who was given the black bag treatment and they put in their own mayor, which is, you know, that's an old Russian tactic Yeah, that they've always been pretty open about. Well, that, I mean, that's, yeah, you're, that's invasion 101. You, you go in and you take out the administration at the very top and you don't really try to rebuild from the ground up. You keep your middle managers as long as they're willing to not cause trouble and just take out the top. Um, but it looks like the middle managers are going to cause trouble too in Ukraine. So it just depends on, you know, how many people are willing to, to collaborate or how many people want to keep that paycheck. Right. Because from what we can, what I have seen so far, Ukrainians in general are not down at all and at no point are they do they seem like they're gonna you know just accept russia being there yeah which, no, i which, think i'm sorry sorry go ahead yeah I, I think um this is only going to be ended with um, by the russian people themselves like having a coup or you know either like a palace coup or Russians going on universal strike uh, or it just play the war just plays out for years and years at which point it ends with again the just like World War one ended where the, or you know at least with the, the, with the Russians where they're just like we're done we're done with this we're bankrupt we're hungry um, you know we're tired of this war and so you get the Russian Revolution uh, I, I kind of see that playing out again. They're all, you know, because Putin's right. not showing any sign of, of letting up or accepting any sort of um, peace. Um, and the fact that they're doing these referendums is showing, like I said, they're going to try to build it a minimum. Well, at minimum, they were going to just take that, that eastern edge. But the next step was a land bridge to Crimea. And that's what they're getting pretty close to doing. And they're going to, yeah, they'll say, oh, yes, we have referendum. And now... This is so if they can fortify that line and hold it for, you know, eight, 10 years, just like they did with uh, that half of the Donbass region, they'll say, OK, well, now this is ours and as part of the peace deal, we want to have this. And, you know, at some point, maybe the Ukrainians would say, uh, you know, like, how much is it worth it? You know, so. Right. But so far, it seems like they're just not going to give in as Zelensky was saying that Russia will have to completely raise Kiev before they can take it. So yeah. it sounds like we've got ourselves a little standoff. Uh, we'll see where it goes, I guess. Um, we've got the, the propaganda we mentioned earlier is just in it's just chugging along. We've got claims of biological weapons labs that are the United States owns jointly yeah. with Ukraine. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And this, I mean, they, they learned that one from the best. I mean, the, yeah, <laughs> right. George W. and Colin Powell. Oh, yes, there are biological weapons labs in Iraq, and we have to go get them. I mean, this that's... You know, kind of, kind of blowing up in our face there. Um, I mean, I, I honestly think those guys. Well, Colin Powell's dead, but you know, they they should be tried. Of course, it's kind of curious. Like, hmm, what could he be tried with? Like, you know, George W. Like, what uh, lying perjury was he ever? Was he ever under oath? And then it's like, oh, he War is found crimes guilty in Kuwait. Yeah, I mean, none of that stuff ever sticks because you never get the the president or the person actually saying do it. They just create the situation for it to happen. And right. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I 
as much as I would like that person to be held accountable, well, I mean, I mean, they aren't a general. I mean, you're, you're not. I think only in France do they hold their presidents accountable, their past presidents accountable for the crimes they've committed. Yeah, I was going to say here in the U.S. anyway, once you get to a certain level of power, accountability just doesn't exist anymore. Maybe in the, you know, in the voting block, but even that's more public relations than it is, you know, accountability for actions. Right. Um, but I, I've heard talk of a lot of concern about Russia using these claims of bioweapons labs as as sort of a preparation for using their own biological weapons there and then to blame it on, you know, Ukraine and the U.S. Yeah, well, uh, we, we already saw that in Syria. Anytime there were um, chemical weapons that went off, uh, no one could definitively say, oh, yeah, this is who did it. You know, the Syrians, the Syrian government said, oh, this was the... Uh, the, the rebels have gassed themselves and they made it look like we did it. Um, you can always find someone that will say yes or no to either story. And it's painfully frustrating because it makes people doubt. And then they just choose to believe what they want to believe. The Chinese media is really repeating this narrative. I mean, they're, the Chinese media is treating the U.S. like a rock. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're funding these like chemical weapons in Ukraine and Russia is just trying to protect itself from these horrible Nazi Ukrainians that are working on weapons of mass destruction. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're eating it all up. That's not encouraging. That's discouraging. I would go so far as to call that discouraging. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the more of the propaganda you're going to keep, hearing is like, oh, Ukraine is corrupt. Ukraine is corrupt. Ukraine is corrupt. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, it probably is. But that doesn't mean that these this invasion is justified or the bombing of these civilians are justified. It's, right. Because to use yeah. that whataboutism on Russia, when it comes to corruption, no one's got shit on the Russian <laughs> government. Yeah. I mean, they've been corrupt, you know, since the day the Berlin wall came down. I mean, and you know, going back further than that, there was plenty of corruption too, but you know, as far as their post-communist history, it's been nothing but, you know, Russian mafia owning everything. Right. So, you know, potato, potato, I guess, um, more, the, you have more disinformation with, uh, is it what's his name? Sergey Lavrov. I can't remember his first name. Yeah, Sergey. Uh, with <laughs> Lavrov, accompanied by his audacity, which needed its own <laughs> chair. Uh, oh, Russia! We we didn't invade. That never even happened. It was <laughs> yeah, a, a small military act, you know, uh, operation. Which harkens back to the U.S. and Vietnam, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a little. Yeah. It's a, this is a minor action. Yes, um, and then you know you have the bombing of children's hospitals and the maternity hospital in Maripol, and mm. and the Russian story has been hard to keep up with there too because one day it's we never bombed that place, another day it's. The Ukraine, you know, the Ukrainians did it themselves. And then another day was, okay, we did bomb it, but there weren't actually any children there. It was full of terrorists. Uh, and then they say, well, what about these, these dead babies? And what about these mothers? And Lavrov is like, those are crisis actors, yeah. <laughs> which harkens back to when we talked about Putin and how he wouldn't believe that the mothers of those, that those women who were claiming to be mothers of the sailors trapped in the Russian sub 
he wouldn't believe that they were actually mothers, that they were prostitutes that someone hired to make him look bad. So I think that there's a good chance that that's not why you hire prostitutes, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) prostitutes can fulfill many roles just like anyone else. Uh, I don't know why he would, you know, his first go-to is prostitutes for that. Why wouldn't you hire actors as opposed to sex workers? Uh, It kind of makes me think of like, I need to build a fence. So I'm going to hire prostitutes (laughs) to build a fence. And you're like, what do you want to do, honey? Well, you see that pile of lumber out there? I'm going to need you to get to work. <laughs> well, maybe that's why their supply problems were all messed up. Is a lot of them <laughs> they they a hired lot of sex workers to handle their logistics. Well, I wasn't going with sex workers specifically, <laughs> but just like instead Not of, to denigrate sex workers, by the way. Yeah. That's like fine. Instead but of I like, say that that doesn't qualify you to handle the logistics for a major military operation. Yeah. I mean, like he hired they hired doctors to do the logistics and I'm like what <laughs> that doesn't make sense or his uh, partner's cousin to yeah. ha- handle all the grants for the construction companies. Uh, this reminds me of a tweet that uh, came from Andre uh, Kozurev. I think I'm saying that right. He was Russia's foreign minister from 1990 to 1996 and. He has been very outspoken in calling out Putin for his bullshit and kind of uh, giving an inside look into how they think when it comes to these things. And he tweeted recently, the Kremlin spent the last 20 years trying to modernize its military. Much of that budget was stolen and spent on mega yachts in Cyprus. But as a military advisor, you cannot report that to the president. So they reported lies to him instead. <laughs> you know, which well, that's what those MREs were like from 2002. Right. Something. The ones that had expired seven years ago. Yeah. The new ones are like for sale down the street here in Kazakhstan at the um, army surplus store. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm making that up. I don't know where they are. But. No, I know what you mean, but yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Kazakhstan, uh, Russia keeps trying to pull them in with the disinformation. Yeah, they want to have nothing to do with it. Um, Yeah, like I've not seen any any support for Russia here. Now, granted, I'm in Almaty, um, but like I hear, oh, yeah, people are painting Z on the side of their car, wearing Z T-shirts and I'm not seeing any of that. Um, all, yes. I'm, all I'm seeing is people are going to the store and stocking up uh, because there were the tenge is getting weaker and we're kind of cut off here. Like our, we got to go through uh, to get to the ocean through Afghanistan and Pakistan or Iran Um and then still to get through Iran, we got to go through like uh, Turkestan or Turkmenistan, rather. Uh, there's a way through the Caspian Sea, uh, but, you know, ad- adding a little sea route, a little giant inland saltwater lake, uh, that, cr- that adds to the problem of logistics. And that goes to uh, Azerbaijan, then up through Georgia, and then into Turkey. And then from there into, you know, like the ocean and Europe and all. And the other connection, though, is like with Russia. And, you know, their economy here is just so, well, China, theoretically, things could go through China. But China always finds ways to mess with people or mess with countries. And one of the ways now is they're not import allowing some imports to come through from Kazakhstan claiming some sort of. I can't remember if it was COVID reason or, oh, something's wrong with your chicken. But uh, they've got the screws in Kazakhstan, so all the stuff you know that's being exported from China goes through here. But they're not letting everything from Kazakhstan go through China. Yeah. So Kazakhstan's in a position where 
it can be effectively blockaded by Russia. And it's not a pleasant feeling. So we went and we bought like 25 pounds of wheat and rice. And, you know, we're just trying to kind of stock up in case we do get into a situation where, well, not going to be having anything at the grocery store for a while. <laughs> and so that's interesting to me uh, what you, that you said you go to the you went to the store and bought wheat. Well, flour, we flour. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were like milling your own bread and shit. I was like, wow, that is no, no, that's no. <laughs> no, yeah. So we did have uh, this headline: Kazakhstan's space town dragged into Russia's invasion propaganda. Uh, this is from Eurasia Net. And it talked about, uh, what is the name of the town? Uh, Baikonur. Baikonur. Yeah, I I went to Baikonur over my summer break. We drove out there. It's it's like forever driving, forever and ever, going through the desert. It was neat seeing the camels and stuff. But uh, we, I can't remember, I think it was Atlas Obscura or something or some website. And it's like neat things to see. And they're in Baikonur, that's where the cosmonauts are, and they have, like, the Space Museum, and there's a row of trees that are planted by a cosmonaut before they go into space. We're, like, so excited we're going to go see that. And we get there, and there's this military checkpoint, and they were like, what what are you doing here? It's like, well, we want to go, we want to go see the space stuff. And they're like, you can't come in here. And it's like, well, why not? Look, we've got our Kazakh visas and work permits and He's like, no, you got to have a Russian visa to get in here, and you have to have special permission on top of that. I'm like, what? And to see the museum? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we got uh, lame. Yeah, it, it was lame. I was mad because it was really it was like a twelve hour drive or something. That is and, the worst thing that Russia has ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that would suck. I would be bummed too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and uh, they're saying that Kazakhstan authorities are hesitant, like they don't, you know, they're like, you're putting us in an awkward position here, bud, Uh, because the Russian claim is that there are crowds of people out in public and showing support for the Russian invasion, uh, which is apparently not true, and Kazakh authorities kind of want to call bullshit, but they are also kind of like, well, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe they were there. Maybe they weren't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who can say? Who can know these things? Uh, yeah. Uh, they're, uh, Kazakh diplomats are very good at walking the tightrope because they're just in a situation where they're surrounded by authoritarian governments and they kind of have their hybrid regime itself. And you usually get like, um, like revolutions and, and unsteadiness in countries in backsliding democracies and authoritarian governments that are starting to open up or trying to be more democratic. And that's kind of where Kazakhstan is right now is – it was, it's an authoritarianism that's kind of a hybrid democracy that's – it seems to be trying to become democratic. And like how – But how even much, that, you've got to play careful in that region because yeah. Putin does not like that. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, so. doesn't like, he doesn't like his people getting any fancy ideas – and so you got to keep the neighbors in check because if they get the fancy new car, then my wife's <laughs> going to want a fancy new car. And then the neighbors start voting for their leaders. And then my wife's going to want to start voting for leaders. I say voting. I mean, without uh, quotation marks around <laughs> it. No voting with no asterisk. Um, but we choose the candidates. Right. Um. Yeah, and God, we could sit. We could just talk all day about the propaganda, um, the I, the Russian IRA, the not the fun IRA from Ireland. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the Internet Research Agency in Russia, their troll farm. They've been, you know, 
working overtime. Obviously, they would be doing that. And Putin is really getting his money's worth out of that place. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been one of the best investments I think he's made as far as, you know, furthering his interests. And right now it is doing a number here in the U.S. on, you know, the conversation. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it is fascinating and amazing, but also horrifying. Um, like so many of us are so willing to repeat their propaganda and not even know it. <laughs> and stuff and not even know that we're doing it. And some of it's kind of innocent enough and not necessarily wrong. Like the whole thing about, oh, you're forgetting about the, the Yemen, you know, the poor kids in Yemen and you're forgetting about the Ethiopian war, you know, and, you know, and caring about these Ukrainians. Oh, it's just, you know, ra racist and all. And it's like, well, yes. And I, I wouldn't say not share something like that, but you know, do so with a caveat that, yes, that was wrong, but ignoring Ukrainian tragedies against the Ukrainians is also wrong. <laughs> you right. don't want to say, well, you know, we didn't take care of those people, so we're not going to take care of you either. <laughs> and we like, have oh. Russian media, Russia Today, and other places are replaying Tucker Carlson rant as propaganda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Yeah. It's just like I think about the the hardline conservatives from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and how, you know, how attitudes have really changed. Now, Jason Jones saw this coming about, I can't remember if it was 10 years ago or more. The, the, the Daily Show correspondent, he did a series called How I Met Your Mother Russia. And he totally called it. He went to Russia, interviewed, I think he interviewed Navalny too, but like Democratic leaders, uh, you know, United Russia leaders, um, business oligarchs, religious leaders. And he was like, oh man, the Republican Party is going to love these guys. Oh. <laughs> and he totally called it. Like, all right, so the Russian Orthodox patriarch, he's come out and is kind of like, oh, well, this war in Ukraine, it's, it's because, you know, the gays there and they're becoming all like crazy and liberal in Ukraine and they're letting the gays be gay and and their government is all woke. So they're simultaneously woke gay Nazis. So right. I guess they're dressed really well. So they'll have that going for them. The gay oh, yeah, Jewish Nazis. <laughs> yes, the gay, yeah, the gay Jewish Nazis. And But this was repeated by an American congressman. The yeah, some American congressman. I'm trying to think. Oh, was it Madison Cawthorn? Uh, yeah, Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, he well he called he called Zelensky a thug, and says, "Remember, the Ukrainian government is incredibly corrupt and incredibly evil, and has been pushing woke ideologies." Like, okay, so they're Nazis and they're woke. <laughs> like how this? Like this, yeah, uh, how, and it, how can they? <laughs> Well, speaking of like Nazis and Nazis versus Nazis, so there's this article going around about the um, uh, was it Azov Brigade or I think it's a Brigade now, and um, dipping their bullets into pig fat because they're I guess believe and perhaps they will be up against Chechnyans, but like this Chechnyan group that they would be up against, they're kind of like non the uh, was it non-theistic? Ah, non-theistic. Non what is it? Uh, the government of uh, theocracy, non-theocratic, uh, Islamofascist. So they're like. Wait, does that make sense? Well, you could be like uh, like a super duper Christian, but you don't necessarily want the preacher to be president. You, but you want your laws to be very religious, you know. So, like, okay, you know, I th I, Jesus doesn't accept divorce, so no divorce. Jesus doesn't accept abortion, so no abortion. Um, so, but at the same time, it, you don't have to be a member of the clergy to run for office. There's no like organized religious structure, and you can have laws that aren't based on religion. 
and you may even have some level of freedom like to have other religions and that's kind of like chechnya now like either human rights violations uh, especially against homosexuals uh, but they don't it's not legal to have more than one wife but you know they talk about maybe the law should be changed so they could and uh why can't they just keep it simple <laughs> do all of us a favor and keep your theofascism simple right. uh, yeah. yeah so so it's like well you get yeah that that could be like a showdown a little like on a nazi civil war you've got <laughs> yeah, whatever that azov battalion brigade has versus uh so uh, islamofascist hooray oh when will it end? Uh, um, well, I, that's an odd s- subject to segue into talking about Israel, oh. <laughs> which which has been in the news uh, involved with this as well, because uh, it seems like Israel has become another like safe haven for Russian oligarchs to, you know, stash their wealth and you know that Israel is uh, being a little friendlier with Russia than its Western allies would like and that's been interesting I guess but then again I don't know that much about Israeli and Russian relations so maybe it's not as big a surprise as it should be or Maybe it's a bigger surprise than it should be. That's what I mean. Well, to say. lots and lots of Israelis come from Russia. You know, when you know, they they open up, open up. If you're, you know, if you're Jewish, you get to move to Israel. Right. And so, I don't know the exact number, like one or two million, I think. Um, but I mean, don't quote me on that. So you've got that. Uh, like, oh well, yeah. Now, did they go to Israel? Were they motivated by anti-Semitism? In Russia, to there, leave? there are some arguments about that uh, that they they were, but it seemed to be more economic. Um, but I, I, you know, to be honest, you would probably have to ask each individual person. Oh uh, yeah, but I mean, there's a there's a religious duty if you're devout. You're supposed to go to Israel. You know, like you're supposed to do that. A lot of people aren't doing it, but you know, you're supposed to. To show your faith to rebuild the holy at land. least at least to travel there right or no 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 you're home? supposed to move yeah uh well according to the israeli well, government orthodox I guess. and oh well, yeah the israeli government yeah well i mean and also just like there are um different denominations of christianity judaism there, there are lots of different interpretations so yeah i'm sure there are plenty of Israeli groups at, you know, or synagogues and temples that would be like, well, it's not really required. In fact, we're supposed to be out spreading the, the love or that's outdated. That's from back in the past. It's like, but I, I hear like, that uh, Israel is opening up uh, lots of real estate, new real estate options there every day. So they have, uh, you know, they need more people. I guess they learned from Switzerland Oh, well, you're talking about something different. I was like, <laughs> with this world, world, like world war thing, they're like, ah, oh, well, Switzerland made a whole lot of money off of our tragedy. Maybe we can make a lot of money off of this. Oh, oh well, no, mostly just that, you know, they keep developing land that oh, just yeah. magically yeah. appearing as a gift from God. Well, I think that's kind of how the, that's the party line, isn't it? I, uh, yep. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, well, I don't know, but yeah. Well, to me, I think the realpolitik of this is, uh, well, kind of going back to Iran and mentioning, you know, like Iran's poking. Russia kind of can keep Iran on a bit of a leash. Or if Iran really did go after them, they they want to make sure that Russia's not 
also going after them. So I, it's, it's self-preservation. You know, that I imagine that's the motive, not like I, I doubt there's like truly a profit motive to, well, there will be individuals who will have a profit motive, but I don't believe that the Israeli state motive is necessarily profit in harboring this stuff. I think it's more about keeping the the Russians happy in case something goes down with with Iran and Syria. Because I think Syria is going to poke too. Syria might even try to do an offensive to take um, what's left of the the free Syrian areas. And so we might see that. However, and that could also work to the U.S.'s favor as an excuse for proxy war. Because like, well, we can't send troops to Ukraine, but we can send troops to Syria and drain the Syrian army, stop them from sending fighters to Russia and drain Russian resources as they support Syria. And since Russia is being sanctioned so heavily now, it would be really hard for them to prop Assad up this time. So don't be surprised if uh, Syria heats up again. Well, that's that's wonderful. (laughs) Now, speaking of Israel, uh, Zelensky did say that he would be open to meeting with Russian officials, perhaps Putin, one would suppose, in Israel, uh, and to you know use Israel as a place for negotiations. So, I don't know. It, maybe it could be a uh, not terrible thing. Yeah, silver um, lining. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a very thin one, probably. <laughs> yeah, I would say one more thing um, that I am worried about is, you know, like I mentioned, going and buying, you know, like uh, flour and, and rice and stuff is that bread prices probably will go up worldwide because it's a world market. And, you know, like with gas, <laughs> you know, like right. if, if gas consumption goes up in China and India, the price goes up everywhere else. It's supply and demand and it's worldwide demand. And the same with bread and rice and everything else. Staple yeah. products. That's why every time I go to the store, to the grocery store, I buy coffee. Whatever coffee <laughs> yeah. is on sale, um, the grocery store that I go to, they usually have a buy one, get one free deal on whatever brand is on sale for buy one, get one free. I buy it and I stick it in the freezer because uh, from what I understand, one of the first things that's going to run out, it's going to start getting scarce is coffee. And, yeah. um, we bought we bought about five bags. That dog won't hunt, Monsignor. <laughs> yeah. I gotta have that thing for a while. But yeah, it could I will yeah. if 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 Trump promises to keep the coffee on the shelves, he may just get my vote. Oh, uh, that, oh that's if, well, if he can uh, take care of the coffee and do something about the robocalls, that's really oh. if I was a single issue voter, it would be, be robocalls. Yeah. I keep getting text messages for, uh, I don't know, uh, synthetic weed and uh, erectile dysfunction medicine. I'm getting text messages for this stuff now. How how did they know? Yeah, I'm I'm sure that uh, like federalstudentloans.gov sold my information. <laughs> Uh, well, the, there's a direct correlation between the price of bread, like literally the price of bread, yeah. and uh, instability and revolution. And that makes so, sense. Yeah, you know, oil too, uh, oil, cooking oil, that sets people off. Uh, and so uh, we're probably going to have a lot more, a lot more like instability, like another round of Arab Spring and maybe some more. So, yeah, and we've got, you know, inflation is already an issue here in the United States, and I don't see that getting any better yeah. anytime soon. You know, Biden and the Democrats are pushing the line that gas prices are just going to go up, and there's nothing we can do about that, or not much we can do about it. He did, you know, re, uh, let, let up on some of them reserve 
barrels. So, oh, that's strategic reserve. Well, they've been get, but, oh, giving um, drilling permits. It's like over a thousand drilling permits or something. Um, and some of the more progressive uh, legislators have been proposing a new tax on oil companies here because it seems like the price of gas has probably gone up more than it should have due to the conflict that the CEOs of the oil companies are like, hey, they know the price is going to go up. They don't know how much it's going to go up yeah. by. So tack an extra 50 cents on there. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of the, like people forget about that whole free market thing is people can charge whatever they want when it's yeah. unregulated to that extent. And, and I mean, there are definitely regulations in the fuel industry, but pricing, pricing isn't really one of them. The only time that you really have that is the, like the anti-gouging laws. You know, where if you have like a tornado come through, you can't go and start charging $10 a gallon just all of a sudden. It's like, I'm on. But uh, yeah, the, um, yeah. They're, and if they're, they, even if they did, what are, what are we going to do about it? And that's, you know, they know that. What are you going to do? Not put gas in your car? Yeah. The cities are all designed to not have public transport. And we've convinced people that public transport is a socialist plot to bring poor people to nice neighborhoods to steal. Yes, which isn't even true because if you tried to carry a flat screen TV on a public bus, it's a pain in the ass. I've tried it a few times. It's never gone well. <laughs> For documentary purposes. Research right. purposes. You want to play a game? Yeah, let's let's. Uh, I, I'm game. I like games. Right. What is this game? All right, I, I found this kind of meme thing. It looks like a Jen Sorison created it. So give credit where credit is due. JenSorison.com uh, backslash subscribe, <laughs> and it says I'm not going to read all the names of the people, but whenever they you know you. Well, anyway, is this from Russia or the American right? Match the idea with the source. And so I'll read the question to you, and you tell me Russia or American right, and then I will tell you who said it. Okay. All right. So war on Ukraine is justified because of gay pride parades. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, a def that's a hard one. Uh, I'm going to go with Russia. You are correct. And I mentioned it earlier. <laughs> it is the Russian Orthodox patriarch who said that. You know, I'm going to cut out that you said you mentioned it earlier. I want people to think that I guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two, bill banning discussion of anything LGBTQ related in schools. I can't tell. I legitimately can't tell. Because uh, that is happening here, everywhere. All the states are really into that fad, it seems like. Uh, but that also sounds like something that is in place in Russia already. So I don't know. Okay. I'm going to go with Russia again. Oh, it was America. Uh, <laughs> what you said? You said you knew it was happening here. Yeah. <laughs> you overthought it. You overthought it. It was, yeah, Governor um, DeSantis of Florida. <laughs> I Well, yeah. Well, I knew that. And you're from Florida, too, but, right? <laughs> but, you know, honestly, it's one of those things. It's like both answers are probably right. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so ban right. on materials that cause minors to form non-traditional sexual predispositions. Oh, that sounds like some Florida and Texas stuff. And go. Vladimir Putin. Oh. Uh, again, right. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Right. This is. <laughs> the Russian people still know which bathroom to use. They don't have the pride flags. Oh, that sounds like uh, an American uh, evangelical minister. 
Close, close, ding, ding, ding. It was um, Eric Prince and Steve Bannon. Oh, those guys. All right. Those guys. All right. All right. Well, Jim- so we've got the Batman villains. Where the fuck is Batman? <laughs> oh. All right, Ginger Steve affirming. Bannon. Steve Bannon is like the fucking villain that we deserve these days, a bloated, pudgy potato of a man. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. All right. Let's see. Uh, Gender affirming medical care for trans kids is child abuse. Oh, that's Texas. Oh, (laughs) you are right. Governor Abbott of Texas. Yeah. Okay. Because that's. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. The West is trying to cancel Russia, as they now say in tolerant liberal fascist circles. That sounds like Putin. I'm going to go with Russia. I would have thought I would have thought Tucker Carlson actually, but it is the director of Russian foreign intelligence. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So is Russia. Yeah. Uh, he may have been uh, he he may have heard that from Tucker Carlson in like one of their <laughs> phone calls. They probably have their weekly uh, uh, Skype D and D games. They're, well, their weekly workshopping, propaganda workshopping. All right. Yeah. How can- how can we blame stuff on Biden and how can we, how can we, how can we blame things on wokeness and, and liberal fascist? All right. Got any more? That's it. That's all, that's all, right. all I got. Well, to, to uh, assess the points, I got all of them correct. <laughs> I knew all the answers. And as a matter of fact, I came up with this idea. Oh, so. <laughs> You've been taking notes from a former president. (laughs) Yeah, I just, you know, you see what works and you, uh, you just copy that. Well, that is, I'm out of steam after all that. What a great way to start the day. Uh, (laughs) Be sure to uh, check out the socials for us. Uh, Like, subscribe, follow, thumbs up rate review all of that good stuff uh, facebook.com slash cia files uh twitter and instagram at cia files podcast you got the uh website which sadly needs to be updated that's on me guys i apologize for that but the website is still cia files.net and you know uh, oh go buy some merch uh, ciafiles.threadless.com I believe uh, buymeacoffee.com slash ciafiles and we'll keep um, making we'll keep talking about headlines that other people wrote because I just like I said I don't have the energy to write my own headlines and uh, yeah otherwise thanks for listening and uh, have a good week All right, have a good week.